Hello, and welcome to Bad Poetry, the show where all of us were once bad poets, and some of us still are. <laughs> I am that someone, your host, Elise McGoran, and with me today is Brennan Gray and Brett Oliver. Hi, guys. Hi. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show. Um, so why don't you guys tell me a little bit about yourselves? Who wants to go first? Hi. Uh, I am Brennan Gray. Um, something about myself, I write poetry. Um, Pretty mediocrely. I also write TV scripts. Um, this is my third podcast this year. I love everyone in this room a great deal, and everybody outside this room as well. Um, I am the sports editor for the school newspaper, despite never actually writing an official sports article. <laughs> and that is me. Fantastic, Brett. Uh, good morning, evening, or whatever time of day it is. My name's Brett. I also write <laughs> <laughs> poetry occasionally. I guess you could also say I'm your hostess with the mostest. Um, <laughs> objectively no. accurate. Yep. Right. Uh, Brett has his own podcast, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been writing poetry since like middle school, and now I'm a TU junior, so that's a journey. But awesome. Elise told me about her bad poetry podcast, and was like, "Oh, I've written some doozies. Bring me on." <laughs> and so here we are, and I really appreciate it. So, how did you get into? You said you got into poetry in middle school. What sparked that? Uh, being sad. Sad. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was um. So like every angsty middle school teen, I was really into like grunge and punk punk rock. Yeah. And I was single, and my parents didn't understand me. <laughs> <laughs> they I never do. <laughs> and I took eighth grade English, and we had to write a poem, and they were like, "Write about your feelings," which is a, you know, not all poetry has to be about your feelings. But that's what we're learning correct, yeah. in Jenkins's class. But it was just the cathartic release that came from that was like, wow. This paper understands me better than most people. <laughs> and it just kind of snowballed from there. All righty. Um, Brennan, what about you? How did you get into poetry? Um, that's a good question. I was really, emo I was also like an emotional teenager into punk rock. In fact, I'm going to rephrase that to I am an emotional teenager. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> punk rock at age 21 um, <laughs> at the time of recording this. Um, I've always like enjoyed writing and I mm -hmm. did a lot of reading as a kid because I didn't know how to make friends. And then I just thought, you know, poetry is kind of fun. So I did a little bit of it. And then I was a freshman here and yeah. I had this friend who was an older, older student. He was a sophomore. I guess now he'd be younger than me. And he goes, <laughs> Brennan, I'm taking this poetry class with Dr. Jenkins. You should do it. And I said, no. And then he sh said, you should do it anyway. And so I did it anyway. And I took poetry with Dr. Jenkins, and it's been my favorite medium ever since. And that was freshman year. That's, that's awesome. The, that's the Thank class Elise and I are in right now. It's, yeah. it's still my favorite class at TU. So It's been going going pretty well. And I, I like, it was pretty frustrating at first how there was kind of, it was all experimental stuff mostly, mm -hmm. or, you know, avant-garde. And that confused me and frustrated me. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but now I like it because it's like forcing me to go outside of my comfort zone, mm -hmm. you know, basic rhyme schemes um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and what you would normally think of as like classic poetry. Uh, so it's actually it's actually been really good, and I've been learning a lot. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. Um, so let's get into the bad poems. Wonderful. I'm going to start us off, and this is a poem. Um, well, you'll see it. It's called "A Reflection." <clears throat> I walk once more down to the lake, 
the lives I've wrecked lie in my wake. Your tattered strings were mine to break. There was no right, no wrong, no real, no fake. There was no sense of give and take. Trusting me was your great mistake. In the deep, I feel awake, alive but for the inward quake. Perhaps I should just stay right here. Would it surprise, shock, or tickle you that I got? So, when you get dumped, uh-huh. yeah. And not that I'm jump, like stepping on your toes here, but you know how <laughs> no, no, no. when you're it. when you're the dumpy, you get you know that book text that's just you know wor- paragraphs on paragraphs on why you know you're getting dumped. Would it shock and or tickle you that I got one of those book texts? scarily similar to that (laughs) what (laughs) wow not quite as prosy but very much like oh it was your mistake forever trusting me and and i'm just like i'm going through a lot of like flashback right now what an (laughs) asshole (laughs) also get over yourself (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) i I like i kind of like that one that was fun like i felt like it was like a like a just like a rock piece, like <laughs> all, all those I tatted in my way. It'd be like the Danny California by Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> Dude, add a three chord loop and a drum track behind that. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, actually, I'm really, I'm really married to this Red Hot Chili Peppers idea. We're gonna go with that one. So it kind of plays into the punk rock angsty mm-hmm. teen. <laughs> all it's a real the thing. people <laughs> in my wake. <laughs> oh, that, that, oh, that's good. That goes yeah. Hard. So one of the things that I thought was like made it not great and so we've kind of transitioned from saying like this is a bad poem to be like this is not a great poem Mm -hmm. uh, on the show (laughs) because there are things about uh, lots of different poems that people like even if the poem itself is uh, as a whole not a good poem (laughs) 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 yeah Uh, but I think part of it is because it feels a little forced because every line ends with the ache sound so it's kind of I found myself I remember when I was writing it, just trying to find, like, looking up words that end in ache. And then... I have also done that. (laughs) And then trying to force something into that. After, like, the first two lines, I think, were were natural. And then I just tried to work it from there. But, uh, yeah. So, any other thoughts on the poem? I think there's definitely a certain nostalgic value in mm-hmm. these quote-unquote bad poems. And that may have been brought up on your podcast before. So sorry if things get rehashed. <laughs> I didn't do my homework. No, Actually, good. I did do my homework, just not for your show. Because, <laughs> you know, college junior. Shout out to Brett's teachers. He is doing his homework. <laughs> Can confirm. Um, so there's a nostalgic quality. No, there is. Because you know that it's coming from a place of when you were a less refined poet. Right. And not that... Okay, so, you know, the great Grant Matthew Jenkins would say that <laughs> poetry is not your craft. And I would say, when I graduate, I'm going to call bullshit on you for that. <laughs> not until I graduate. Right. <laughs> currently, you You're are... still currently in his class. <laughs> currently, you are still my, like, superior. He currently has control over your grades. And even so. then, I won't be a doctorate, but I'll be able to, like... Right. At least, like, wag a finger and be like, I don't know about that as a college-educated man. <laughs> I think poetry is a craft, and... In the sense of like, when you first be, like start out as a blacksmith, mm-hmm. you can't craft a sword that is fit for battle. You'll be lucky if it doesn't break in half. And by that metaphor in poetry, I mean you'll be lucky if your poem like holds together when you first start writing mm. and makes a modicum of sense. Yeah. But as you continue writing, 
if you do it like self-reflectively and do read poetry and do mm-hmm. write in a group, which we are doing, which yeah. we are honing our crafts, <laughs> then I think you will grow. But I mean, Jenkins' argument is it's not a craft because it's not this thing you should want to sell and take mastery of and mm. these kind of things. You should do it because it's art. Or I think I might be butchering two of his arguments. But So in a way, my podcast and the mission to understand poetry is goes directly against his life's philosophy. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love Dr. J. But That's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Uh, let's see. Brennan, you introduce yourself. So Brett... Read your bad poem, please. But I just talked a whole lot. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying to be fair here. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can go. I can, right. I can bite the bullet. No, <laughs> Way to take one for the team. <laughs> yeah. All right. Time for me to hit the bricks. All right. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> so real quick, I do want to point out that will come up a lot. Uh, Brett and I did Joey Wheeler from Yu-Gi-Oh! Impressions for the last 20 minutes of our last podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's like five minutes. I cut out 15. Actually, that's a really smart thing to do. <laughs> okay. So this is the only problem. The, okay. It's the only poem that I can find easily I still have from high school because I got this laptop post-graduating high school. Uh-huh. Um, and for some reason, this one's on it. So I must have transcribed it from notebook paper at some point for no reason at all. And it's called... For math- today. For today, for today Brennan. <laughs> what do you think he was doing all night? <laughs> yeah. It's called Math Problem. Oh, no. <laughs> I also hated math in high school. Right, uh, math <laughs> Who problem. Who didn't? Leave a like if you hated math. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, math problem. Solve for X and Y. Two adolescents stand seven feet apart. Both have an attraction to the other. Assuming the attraction is not gravitational, what is the force of the attraction? Take the room of the time, root of the time they met and add it to their youth. Multiply that by their loneliness before and subtract it from their common sense. Take the infatuation to the second power and add it to his passion. Take his longing for her times in infinity and add it to to her warm embrace. Now take their stacking bills and subtract them from their nights in bed. Take their marriage and divide it by their worries. Take their house and divide it amongst themselves. To find the derivatives of his drinking, find the slope of her self-esteem, struggle with them to try and find the constant, and don't forget to carry the one. Then take him and her and try to find the difference. Subtract all they are from all they needed, raise their fights to the next power, then try to find the volume. Find the minimum and the maximum, measure the angle they should have taken, estimate the value of the international fraction, and wonder if the answer is no solution. This is your bad poem? It's it's ten it's like twelve math like <laughs> math puns, and there's nothing in it that isn't romantic love. Like <laughs> objectively. I was gonna say that's like pairing like vermouth and like a monster they're both good on their own but <laughs> it's a real bad idea when you put them together <laughs> Wait, why were you pairing vermouth with monster i didn't That's say a, i did i just i, I mean you're objectively it's an correct interesting I've, thing to I've come done to that mind. before but i'm asking why you did i did that because i got bored bartending but i'm wondering why you... <laughs> I just, it's the first thing i thought of well because yeah. i'm going to i'm going to kill kenny's an irish pub here in town for those it's of you amazing don't know. i love kill kenny's tomorrow they have really for like oysters. a late valentine's dinner mm-hmm. and i'm trying to decide on the cocktail i'm going to get with dinner Mm-hmm. I and always drink beer, so I mean, well, I mean, I, I might get a White Russian, which is vermouth and they like have heavy some nice cream. And too. I know, but like, I'm a baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is why I always drink beer. But see, one, like one reason why this poem I wouldn't be considering like a good one, like it's really clever. It's like it's kind of mm-hmm. like whenever you throw out and because I write TV scripts more than poetry nowadays, just because it's. I need a job, I guess. What you're into right now. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm into right money. now. Because um, of money. And <laughs> it's like, it's almost like if a character were to look at the camera and like tell a joke that panders to its audience. Like mm. it's, it, people, 
it's like, I think what makes a good poem is what makes a good book or anything literary is when you go back, you get something different out of it every time. There's no way to get anything different out of this, no matter how many times you read it. Also, it's kind of ham-fisted enough to where you'll never, you won't miss anything your first time. Yeah. If you can read a poem all the way through and get all of it and never be able to get anything else out of it again. Also, it's only about one thing, and it's got more than four math pro- uh, math puns. You probably dicked up somewhere. <laughs> so, um, not to hit the nail on the head, but one could say that this poem is one-dimensional. Wow. Oh, nice. my gosh. Nice. Well, yeah, there Way you go. to play into I'm it. I'm just going to leave now. <laughs> Brett has peaked in his career, everybody. <laughs> Okay, but I do like how it how it both has like relationship and math, which are like two things that I don't understand. <laughs> so having them together, Tag yourself. <laughs> like they're very different things. But one's you know logical; there's a system to it. The other one is like who knows what works or what doesn't, and it yeah everything. <laughs> yeah. And so I think, but. You know, for someone who doesn't understand math, it can seem like that, you know, Mm -hmm. that nothing makes sense and everything is confusing. And there's supposed to be a system in place, but, you know, Mm. what is that system? (laughs) Right. Yeah. So it's, but like, to to your point, it's still a good metaphor, Mm -hmm. you know, and all what I could have done was just take love is math and then put my favorite pun on there. Love is math, comma, write the pun. And then get rid of every like I I could reduce this to a one liner like one line yeah. and everybody would still get the metaphor. Yeah, or integrate that thought into another poem that has yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. This is me just being like, look how it. clever I am in high school. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I could can... just say love is math, and then someone would be like, oh my goodness, think of all the math puns. That would be good. But, yeah, that's true. But, but then you wouldn't have get, gotten to write the math puns. Yeah, and I think yeah. that was the point. And of then this nobody poem. would think I was clever when I was eighteen. So. Right. We did the right thing here. All right, Brett, your bad poem. Okay, so... (laughs) One dimensional. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) All right, continue. uh, (laughs) Mine is not a series of puns or even about love. Um, Okay. Then you're winning. (laughs) Not, Not really. So, like most nerdy high schoolers, I was bullied. And oh, you know sad. how you like get, will shower that night, and it's like five hours after somebody just like tore you apart, and you think of that comeback. And it's like, oh, I should have said this, or like a few days later, you'll mm-hmm. think of your comeback just way too yeah. late, and you'll stop and go, oh, that's so good. Dang it! Why mm. didn't I think of that in the moment? Yes. So, <laughs> um, this is that, but a poem. <laughs> uh, uh, it's called a modern disagreement. This is a freshman high school hit piece, is what this is. <laughs> so everybody in the studio and those of you at home, buckle up, because it's bad. It's very angsty. I'm so excited. Oh, <laughs> I swear I've grown. You, ugh. Okay, just yeah, get yeah, into yeah. it. Get in. You can okay. just cut to when I start reading. It's <laughs> Editing is a thing. Or you can leave this in and just, like, it makes me look like even more of a staller, because I am. A hundred percent. Either way, fine. A modern disagreement. No, these, these episodes are unedited. Ah! <laughs> Let's just skip the formality. It's obvious you don't care to know me. I can tell that by your speech. You aren't talking to me. You're busy throwing, you're busy throwing around words in a desperate attempt to be heard. You honestly swipe, sound quite catty. You're not speaking truth, but opinion, for therein lies a clear distinction you're missing. You dabble in assumptions and maybes, high possibility queries. Your science is sickening, and if you're calling this religion, God help me. 
I'm the pen holder. I only I know the truth of words. Making these claims, taking views as my own. You want to be heard or understood, to speak louder than anyone, to wake up suburban neighborhoods. But why am I wasting this divine wisdom on you? You haven't heard a word I've said. Mostly because I'm not louder than you are in this argument. I've only one in my head. Man. Yep. It's a lot of feelings. Yeah, it was. You're throwing down the truth. I'm going to say, someone give me some sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> I, do like, I do like how you read it. Like, very fast, very, oh, you it's, know, yeah, it's a on top piece. of each other. It's like you're catching up with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it so much. <laughs> no, but I think, I think that feeling is definitely relatable um, because you've... You know, feeling like someone's not listening to you and they're like so so much louder than you and never going to get your point across. And it's just kind of hopeless, but you're still really angry about it and can't let it go. I feel like you can put like four piano chords in the background and then just have Pratt shirtless in the shower pounding his fist on a tile. And I would watch. <laughs> Only shirtless. I would watch. I have like slacks and loafers on. <laughs> yeah, I would watch the crap out of that music video. I would be playing on loop. <laughs> Thank you, Brennan. You're welcome. I don't know why. I, I, I don't know how to feel about you wanting me shirtless, but we'll just leave it's it. It's a compliment. See, I was a, see okay. when you said like music in the background, I was imagining like, you know, shower scenes from movies. Yeah. Especially like. Uh, uh, Korean Spider-Man, dramas Spider-Man happens a 3. lot where it's just like it's the dude in the shower and but like with pants on and slippers <laughs> mm-hmm. and there's just so this good. really angsty music playing in the background because mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I love that. Tra- I play with it in uh, in something I'm writing right now because it's all teen drama and it's yes. super the sa- shower oh scene trope. Like it, it's reversals of tropes. It's hysterical. <laughs> like I love. Okay, shower you're scenes. gonna have to talk about this. Oh, it's it's not poetry. <laughs> That's irrelevant. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's any any literary thing <laughs> that you're working on. But um, what do you think? Uh, how would you critique uh, Brett's poem? Oh, rip me apart, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, it's. It'd be a difficult critique to make. I think that when you write, I think part of the difficulty writing really emotional poetry mm-hmm. is um, it's it's just that it's hard to critique because it's hard to, when it's just about you and what you're thinking, what you're feeling about this specific moment in time, it's hard to go in and say, I think you should do this or that because it would kind of invalidate the uh, the truth of it because mm-hmm. it's from his perspective. Which there's a place for that, but what makes a I think what makes a good poem a good poem is when it can be a poem about something that somebody else can read and relate to in an entirely different way. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, there's like an E.E. E. Cummings poem that's kind of pretentious. That's like a leaf falls <laughs> or something, and then what the poem is about is a leaf falling. Mm-hmm. But the structure of it and the way you're looking at it, it kind of makes you think like, oh, sometimes I fall away from a larger piece or something. Sometimes mm-hmm. I feel alone. And that's what makes a good poem a good poem. And because Brett's poem is also a little on the one-dimensional side, it's hard for us to go in and be like, I think you should add more of this meaning or this meaning or this meaning. Because right. like my poem, there was exactly one meaning. Yeah. And it's about the emotion he was feeling. And since I'm not him and I wasn't there, I can't really be like, I think you should have felt this way three <laughs> years <sorry>. ago. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's good poetry. This is, sounds counterintuitive, but good poetry you can critique more. Like, with good mm. poetry, you can go back and look at it and be like, oh, man, I could do this to make it even better. Because there's more depth exactly. and more dimension to it. Exactly. Like, my like my best stuff, um, I, I'll read and be like, oh, man, I could change this word and it would make double the amount of meaning I can put in. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but with poetry that's just really um, just pure about just you and your emotion at that time. It's still good, but you can't really ever make it better. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. It also might make it hard for other people to connect to it. If exactly. Um, if it's, I mean, I think yours was a situation that most people have felt, Brett. Um, but depending on whatever you're talking about, it could be too one-dimensional, so it doesn't fit a whole lot of the audience's experiences. Mm -hmm. So, like, I guess that my advice for that one would be just kind of generic. Like, there's usually going to be a cliche or two in your first round of a draft. So just mm -hmm. get rid of any cliches in there. I'm not, I don't have it in front of me. You read it audio, yeah. audibly, so I can't see it. But yeah. I'm sure there's a cliche or two in there. Um, there's usually uh, some, a for, at least one forced rhyme or forced like alliteration that takes you out of it. Or, mm -hmm. So just make sure you don't add any tropes or devices that don't need to be there, that only exist there to make it look good. You know? Okay. So, so, so what you're saying is most poetry starting out is, you know, not good. I, but I with would, revision? I don't think... There's almost nobody on the planet that's a good writer. Everyone's a good rewriter. Yeah, if I'm, I, I, that's definitely not my. Gotta quote. write that down. It's, it's not <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, it's it's true, and I, most people have spent a lot of time writing have had the same sentiment. I'm not the first person to say that, though. Um, yeah. I, but that's it's true. It's very hard to write something well the first time. You have mm -hmm. to have at least four or five drafts, and, and like when pe even if it's good the first time, if you wrote it good. The first time, just off a of stream of consciousness, imagine how much better it could be when you take four or five drafts of it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty much impossible to write a good poem that's over five words long your first time. <laughs> so. Cool. Um, well, okay, so you want to head into the good poems now? Yeah, sure. Right. Okay, um, who wants to go first? Uh, let's just, see, you went and time. then... I, I okay. can go. I just... <laughs> <laughs> um, how many how many poems do we read? One, two, uh, back and forth. Yeah, uh, you can read one, and then Brett can read one, and we can see where we are. All right, cool. All right. Um, so I I'm between. I have an experimental piece, and I have a less experimental piece. Cool. Um, I might do the experimental one. I was gonna do the less experimental one, but um, I did that in Dr. Jenkins's advanced poetry writing. Uh -huh. and since you guys are in the first one he taught, I might read my portfolio from two years ago. Um, I've written a lot since then, so this is older stuff. But <laughs> just in honor of Dr. Jenkins's dumb little experiments he makes you do, I'm going to read from my favorite experiment. Um, and I there's definitely a, a rhyme. Uh, so there's a not rhyme. There's a method to its madness, and, uh -huh, uh -huh. and you guys can understand what that is. All right, ready? Mm -hmm. It's called, but yeah, that's what you meant to say. I'm going pretty soon, and I'll be ready for the weekend tomorrow. After tomorrow morning, and then I have a great time at the airport, I'll let you know I'll be ready. You're going to come back to me, or I'll be there tomorrow, at all tomorrow, night at all tomorrow. I'm going pretty soon. I'm going pretty well for the rest of the semester today, at work, and now we're allowed on the table, and I'll be back home. I'm not going out tonight, though. But try to be nice and cool to be a little more interesting to me. Then you know that you feeling me, lol. I just don't think I know that you're okay, but you know that I love your name. But when I do, I know that I will be your best friends. But you, but you know feeling like you are a great person. To talk, to talk. And then you're called to talk about it when you're trying, not just for me, and I just talked to you about what you don't know. Have time for you guys. I know, I know that I know what you're saying, and you know what I want. I'm sorry, but I've never seen a girl. If I was a good girl, I'd be a yes girl. I know you'd know your love. I want you 
a girl I can relate with her, and I know, and I know you know you love and Twitter, Twitter. You are so confused about it. Well, I know you didn't know you, but you still got it, girl. If you don't follow her Twitter, is the best thing to you. But I know I didn't know he didn't even talk about it when you didn't get it. I'm not going crazy, lol. But yeah, that's what you meant to say. That I don't think she is gone. Be the way you are talking to you, to you too. But I know you know it's not true. Lol, it's not true. I just don't want you to be okay. Good to me. Lol, I guess you know what you know what wants me to know. Lol, I know what I did to me. But and I know you're okay. But I know you're not gonna let me do this. Me too. Bad, you know what I want to. I don't know what you're talking about to you, but you have to don't have to talk about me. LOL. Okay, good night. Sleep tight. Good night. Good night. Sleep. Good night. Good night. Sleep tight. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so is that like it sounded almost like messages, mm-hmm. like text messages or like social media mm-hmm. posts or something like that. Yeah. Um. So it's uh. I was trying. Remember the authorless poem section? Yep. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm always curious when people. I'm asking people, what do you say? What words do you say often? Like, who are you? How? What's your voice? How do you speak? Yeah. And it's funny. It's like the um, Myers Briggs test, which I think has always been kind of dumb because it's not about who you are. It's about how you perceive yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think I'm an ENFP because I think I'm a loving people person, and sometimes I'm probably not. It's just it's all about <laughs> how you think you are, right? Yeah. And so. The problem. So I was like, I need a more objective way to kind of grab language. Because if I ask people, what are your favorite phrases when you text? They may not know. They may mm-hmm. think it's LOL, I love you. And really, it's like, oh man, I hate you. <laughs> um, and so <laughs> I was like, there's got to be some way to do this easily. And I was like, wait a minute. The predictive text button, button uses some sort of algorithm to just keep track of which phrases yeah. you say often. Um, so there's, there's like memes about it nowadays. I, I did it first. Everyone knows, <laughs> but you heard it here. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you can say I love, and then some people it will, it would be like you, but then if you keep saying, I love pancakes every day mm-hmm. for like a year, if you type, I love, then the first option would be pancake. pancake. Right. Yeah. So I texted a bunch of friends and that's only part of it. Like just respects everyone's time. That was like a good <laughs> stopping point. And, but that was only like barely past halfway. Um, but I asked a bunch of friends to just spam the predictive text button on their phone mm. to see um, which texts that they send the most often, or at least most recently. And so that was a compilation of like a bunch of different people. The first one, uh, I guess it was he sent it to me um, while he was thinking about going. He, he lived in Houston. He was probably flying back for the weekend or something. Yeah. Um, these are these are people that are like other friends, like someone from high school, and that's the one. She's like, "LOL, girl." Twitter. Um, <laughs> one of my best friends wrote this one, and I think it's funny that her first words when she spammed the text were, "I'm not going crazy." LOL. But that's what she meant to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, "How often do you send that message?" Where that's your default first sentence in your are predictive you okay? text. <laughs> I was like, God. Yeah, um, but sometimes it's really cool because, like, if I would, if I were a good girl, I'd be a yes girl. Like, that's cool. Like, yeah. Or um, let's see here. I just don't think I know that you're okay, but you know that they love your name. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody wrote that. A computer algorithm just from someone's text messages app wrote that. Yeah. This is completely an inhuman poem, and that's why I think it was so cool about it. Um, Very cool. So yeah, that's so that's my 
favorite experimental piece? Yeah, I, I really like it. And I think mm-hmm. especially having the different people send you the different um, algorithms. I mean, it's very different from if you just did not just did that on your own phone mm-hmm. because it has the same algorithm specifically for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and And I like how it's a lot of the poem is the same or repeats. There's a lot of repetition. And then you have these one lines or two <laughs> lines where it kind of breaks from the poem and it's kind of like a voice like shouting out of the void. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's really fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like a genuine, like a genuine cry out mm-hmm. of the void instead of, you know, LOL. or yep. Which is more like an under the breath chuckle in reality. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's true. The whimper, <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite, I didn't get all of it because it's at the end and again, this is like a 707 word poem of LOL, LOL, LOL. (laughs) So whatever. But my favorite was the last guy I did for this, like my best friend, sophomore year of college. His opening line on his predictive text was, I think I'm going to be a bit late. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I relate to that so much. That so often of all of the phrases (laughs) and all the different renditions of people's predictive text poems. Well, first line is that. Now I'm just really wondering what would come up if I do that. Probably something similar. Yeah, send it to me sometime. (laughs) I collect them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Man, did you put um an one a section from like your algorithm in there? I don't think I put my own in there now. Okay, that makes sense. I, I guess I, I took it off of my poem. phone just because it scared me. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> well, I'm like this app knows more about me than I do. Like, ugh. that is terrifying. It's, you know, like, yeah. it's like doom. You play with fire, you get burned. I'm not messing with that kind of. <laughs> like, it's like it's like in the horror movies where they take out the Ouija board. And you're like, yeah. no, <laughs> it's like, a mistake. That's why I don't think that you and me and Caleb and Lisa and Rachel should do a Ouija board. Oh no, one of us will no, die. That's I guess, never going do, to be that. I'm really worried about Alex. We're not doing it. Yeah. Okay, if Lisa so brings it, I'm breaking <laughs> it over my knee. So so this conversation is because uh, in Jenkins' class, we're doing a, an etude that's um, basically supposed to you're supposed to come from your unconscious from your from our dream journals yeah dream journals or an unconscious state because apparently there are some people in class who don't have dreams ever so they're like what can we do (laughs) yeah i love cheyenne everyone she's amazing cheyenne green is one of the greatest people on the planet she was on the last episode of bad poetry so go back and listen to that you know what i'm on team tory <laughs> you heard it here first. Why do we have I, to pick I, one or the other? I, Why can't they, they be? You can't friends? have two beans. Amazing. <laughs> you got to pick one or the other. <laughs> mm, that's great. <laughs> um, but so we're doing an unconscious poem, and so someone suggested doing a Ouija board, no. and no, shutting that down. That's just asking for trouble. I have not seen a, more than one horror movie because they terrify me, but I know that that is a bad idea. <laughs> Thank you, Father. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, yeah, Brennan is putting holy water on our foreheads to protect against the Ouija board that we're not doing. There you go. Hannah Mullen, <laughs> you want some? You want some? Yeah, no, told you we'd work you in. Uh, Hannah Producer Mullen is in the hiding studio. in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you can, uh, give a shout out to Hannah. She is an integral part of bad poetry. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Time out. What? I'm going to take the reins from you for a second. Oh my gosh, okay. Why the actual heck do you have holy water, Brian? <laughs> so, um, He's prepared. How <laughs> Catholic <laughs> are you? <laughs> <laughs> Very mediocre. Catholic. So here's the thing. Uh, Dr. Jenkins' other big thing is television. 
And so we taught a TV drama class, and I watched mm-hmm. all of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh uh, my Hannah gosh. Mullen was actually in that class. And so Cheyenne. Uh, Cheyenne and I, actually, that's one of the ways we bonded. We watched like the first <laughs> three seasons at least together. Um, and I got so scared of vampires that I went by uh, the local Catholic church and picked up some holy water in case I saw a vampire. So. Man. You know vampires aren't real. They went extinct like 200 years ago. Oh Look, man, I, uh, <laughs> frankly, I'm still scared. I'm not taking any chances. Dracula can't die. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, <laughs> I have two vials, one in my room and then one for, uh, I carry with me. Awesome. And a I super have a question. Too so it still water. works even if you don't have a priest? It's already been blessed by a priest. Oh, okay. Pre-blessed. Cool. It's like, it's cool, like, cool. Uh, it's like okay. the Baptists and Chick-fil-A pre-blessed food. What? <laughs> the Baptists run Chick-fil-A? Uh, essentially. I'm going to stop eating Chick-fil-A. Sorry. Oh my gosh. The, the Protestants <laughs> and the Chick-fil-A. Protestants. Chick-fil-A <laughs> is, is good to eat because it's pre-blessed food. I did not know that they blessed the food. That's You don't even need to pray before you eat. You can just Should they put it. that on the label? Like this is <laughs> It's an understood <laughs> thing. Are there side effects? I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> it tastes really good. <laughs> I, I don't you... understand. <laughs> <laughs> also, does holy water okay this okay. Does it is it better than other water just like I mean, tonic water. To the naked eye or to like on taste buds. Holy water? Yeah. It's just water. Okay. Like, it's just So it's just the spiritual properties that have been. um, Or for the atheist and agnostic, it's a vial of placebo. (laughs) (laughs) I I guess, yeah. (laughs) I was going to go like, so I still have access to the Catholic Church. Like, my ID gets me in. So Uh I was going to go at like midnight (laughs) and get some. Go at midnight when everyone's gone and then fill up some vials of holy water and give it to people's Valentine's Day gifts. But I haven't gone out to it yet. Oh, that would be so much fun. Yeah, I, vampires <laughs> are odd message. Vampires are terrifying. <laughs> okay. Everyone should be on the lookout. Like, uh, <laughs> what if I told you I was a vampire? I would leave. Also, I, you've been in the sunlight recently, haven't you? Actually, no, it's cloudy. Mm, yeah, but there's a lot of like different <laughs> mythology around vampires. Fair. Do they? Yeah. What if I sunlight? just sparkle? I also just blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Okay, moving on. <laughs> this is getting too far down the rabbit hole. <laughs> I'm, I'm too Norse to be a vampire. Don't worry. <laughs> white people. I am also white. Half, you, are, you are not half white. <laughs> you are not at all. <laughs> I guess I'm not. All right, Brett. <laughs> oh, is it my turn again? Yes, it is. Yeah. So, uh, okay. <clears throat> so okay. We'll, yep. Mm-hmm. That was it. That was Do you want to read another poem? <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, I have this really bad habit of talking with my hands when I actually have to get up and present or uh-huh. pontificate or preach on occasion. Um, really bad habit of like over-exaggerated hand gesture to make a point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no. I'm not kidding. Like, Sometimes hand gestures are entirely necessary. It, it is, especially when discussing sandwiches. But no, it's what sandwiches? What? Yeah. Okay. No. Time out. Explain. <laughs> yeah. No, wait a minute. Hold the phone. <laughs> okay. So uh, my family has this thing where, like, when we're talking about sandwiches, we get super passionate about it, mm-hmm. and we like pinch our fingers together, like so. And <laughs> like as Italian, ca- we call it like, Mamma sa- mia, this is the good, the subway. <laughs> <laughs> we call it sandwich hands because we do it when we get really passionate about something, usually food, or very angry and we're making a point and it's like this and it's sandwich hands. <laughs> but it started because we were talking about sandwiches. <laughs> so like, that's where it, it comes out. <laughs> I'm also passionate about food. I, I like food a food lot. Food is life. I haven't food. eaten and I am very hungry. I tried to make French toast this morning and it did not go well. Oh, next time. Also, Thai food at one of you guys' place sometime yes. soon. I, I've been, I like Why not food. Yours. 
because I am an RA, so I live in a dorm room, so I don't have a kitchen in my room. <laughs> no, it's cool. I ah. have a house. All right, fantastic, everybody. Well, we can hold the Thai party. Wait, that's w- mm. that's what we'll do when our poetry group gets together and stays up way too late and then drinks <laughs> alcohol or caffeine. Brendan, you um, want to come meeting our poetry love, meeting? I would love this. <laughs> okay, so let's let's put Most this on Most of my record. life is meeting, mediating poetry meetings and cooking Thai food, if I'm Oh honest. my goodness, just bringing and it all drinking. together. Here's, well, here's the one thing. Here's the record. Uh-huh, if you yeah. come mediate and cook, you have to stay sober. That's no. Fair. Well. That's unfair. Because <laughs> we need someone... <laughs> To make sure we all don't die. I, I promise you I will be sober enough. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. Especially because when you have the options are we have, you have to, we have to each stay up for um, at least 12 hours. Right. Mm. And then like that's when we start pushing. And then like. And if we, we either ma- drink or drink caffeine. You either alcohol drink alcohol or caffeine. Or caffeine. And, and then, then we, we start just see what writing happens. down the BS that each other says. Mm. Yeah. Instead of doing the dream journal. Because I don't hardly ever dream either. And I think this would be more fun. I like will... real poets. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when Jenkins hears this story, he'll be so proud. <laughs> I will bring the hams myself. Awesome. Do you guys like hams? What do you mean I by d- hams? It's it's beer that's like $15 for a 30 rack. So oh, it's like I don't 50 like, cents a can. I don't really like beer. Oh, you're going to like this beer. I haven't had that before, so I'll try it. it I was the... hoping somebody would splurge and we'd get like... You know, not to bring up vermouth again, but <laughs> vermouth. Uh, you know, I don't think this cool. is going to be a vermouth-like situation. <laughs> <Yeah>. Gosh dang it. <laughs> First time bartending. I thought you were supposed to pour the vermouth in with the gin or the vodka. You're oh. supposed to swirl around the glass and then throw it out and mm-hmm. then pour it in. Yeah. So like, and then like bitters yeah. are put on top in little droplets. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Depends got, on the like, drink. If you're doing an old-fashioned, bitters go in first. Yeah, they're muddled with uh, like the they're muddled with the sugar cubes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll tell you. Martinis. Yeah. Long story short, <laughs> I dicked up a martini the first time I tried it. All right, Brett, poetry. <laughs> <laughs> now I want an old fashioned. <laughs> I can make one. Ooh. Yeah. It's yeah, my okay, favorite, we're doing like, this at Elise's drinks. house. All yeah. right, I'm looking forward to it. Brett, poetry. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Off track. <clears throat> Welcome back to Bad Poetry. <laughs> I don't know where we've been for the past five minutes, but this is uh, Brett Oliver's Talking with My Hands. What are you doing, Brendan? Read your poem. What are you doing? Don't worry about it. Read your you, poem. You it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brennan. <clears throat> Again, talking with my hands. If Brennan doesn't interrupt. Okay. I have a horrible habit of hand gestures. It's guessing games gandered with while I'm gambit-guising. I pontificate through posture for participation's sake. Audiences are awful. I cannot conceive constructing content for the stage. It's long been bashing my brain as brickwork of a lack of bravery. I swore solemnly that someday I'd speak for spectators with suicide. Basket cases are bashful. I no longer lacked lenience in the length of an excuse. It's a dark day when it dawns that decisions were made for a dictionary's worth. I never knew no more than nary a half hour could be so negative and nuance. Clocks are cynical. Audience's admiration of acidic anxiety adorned in absolute audacity. It's magnificent the magnitude of maturity seen in a munchkin in man's moccasins. I wait with water-washed weight, whining without worth. Doubts are drugs. Man. Dope! <laughs> good poetry. Yeah, I like the um, the repetition of the sounds like P and P, and then, uh, you know, it's just it makes it interesting to listen to in a texture, I think. Is what I'm thinking. I don't know how to describe that other than <laughs> tech. I get it. Yeah, yeah. It makes it, I don't know. It kind of settles something in your mind. You know, when you see like a, 
uh, oh, like a bed that's perfectly made or or something that's all in a row or something that's cut perfectly. It's just like, ah, yes. Brennan, what do you think of this poem? It, fantastic, I must say. I think the, oh, stop it. The, no, the, <laughs> the, best, the best thing about this poem, I think, would be the the sort of the alliteration causes you to be more creative with your words and your phrasing, and it eliminates most cliche because you put words together that aren't normally put together. And when you do that, on occasion, you'll create meaning through just the pure metonymy of what you said. For example, man's moccasins. Mm-hmm. Um, that I would like make draws up thoughts of myself thinking of never judge a man as we watch a mi- walk a mile in his moccasins. Mm-hmm. When you say man's moccasins, you say two words, and already I'm thinking of the wisdom of you shouldn't judge people. Yeah. And so that's sort of metonymy saying just man's like, and I'm running like, can you read that line again with the man's moccasins? I'm going to just use this line. I it's usually mag- go specific. <clears throat> it's magnificent the magnitude of maturity seen in a munchkin in man's moccasins. So, and that line right there, I'm thinking munchkins, I'm thinking Wizard of Oz, I'm thinking yeah. magnificent the maturity, I'm thinking yeah. growing up. And then, like, to me, immediately I think walking. So, like, the, and what's cool about this is most people probably wouldn't get to this meaning, but I'm thinking of, people going to see the Wizard of Oz and growing, as in like they're growing up and realizing that there's actually a man behind the curtain and everything's mm. not the way it's meant to be. And just like you can't judge somebody for being bad before you meet them, you also can't judge somebody. You can't put someone on a pedestal before you meet them because yeah. it works yeah. both ways. You can't be like, that person's terrible before you walk a mile in their shoes. And it's the same way with that person's amazing. And then you walk in their shoes and like, well, actually, they're kind of normal people. <laughs> um, so yeah. all of that because, you know, the metonymy of man's moccasins makes me think of that. It's that word association. So we were talking before about how the bad poems that we read or the not great poems mm-hmm. were not great because they were one dimensional mm-hmm. because they were, um, you know, you t- can take them at face value and you've got the poem first read. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this you it sounds like you're saying it's more it's more layered. There's there's deeper meaning to it. You make multiple associations with just those few lines. Exactly. Like if um for all I know there's um there might be like a Native American myth about, you know, something about man's moccasins or something and then yeah. someone could hear that and then they think an entirely different story, which also mm-hmm. pertains to growing up and maturity or magnificence, and then they could come up with the same thing. Just using powerful <laughs> words in ways that are not cliche makes that poem have different meaning to different people. And there's for the poem I read, there's no way in hell anybody would have a different <laughs> meaning other than math is hard and so is love. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that makes sense. And like single-handedly, like just that line, the, the M alliteration there has more different ways you could take that than my entire page-long poem did there. And that's why that's good between difference between good and bad poetry. If you ever write a poem that means has a singular metaphor to make one mean one thing, then you should rewrite it or keep working on it. Poetry should never mean mm-hmm. one thing. That's awesome. That's a good rule. He knows so much more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just sitting here nodding. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Brett's better at fiction than I am, so it's fine. That's not true. It's objectively I'm true. I'm very much like the French coffeehouse poet. Like, I don't really know a whole lot, <laughs> but I definitely look the part and can do it. Fair. But if you try and sit down and talk to me, I'm just kind of be a little pretentious and annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if like that's you definitely look the part more than that. If someone comes up to me, they're like, like, <laughs> I mean, look at me. I'm wearing, I'm wearing jeans, a drug rug 
tug in a flannel, in case anyone wonders, which is what I always wear. Can confirm. And, 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 so, and so, like this six foot tall dude from a cattle ranch in Kauita wearing a flannel, you're not going to be like, that guy's a poet. <laughs> you're going to be like, shave the beard, dude. <laughs> well, Brett, at least like admitting, you know, how you see yourself is the first step towards recovery, if that's what you're Oh, I'm not looking to change. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to be the French coffeehouse poet, and I'm going to do it. Okay. Yeah, I should take up French. That, that's a joke. I shouldn't. Les langues très difficiles avec professeurs, c'est très impossible. Brett's also a lot sexier than I am. <laughs> Merci. I think everyone sounds sexier when they're speaking in French. Yeah, th- it's yeah. Just one of those languages. French Canadian is the language of love. <laughs> Yep. Wait, what? I French got that Canadian. From airplanes. It was it was from the movie Airplanes. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, was I think cute. the French will take offense to that. <laughs> the Canadians <Good>. won't. <laughs> the French and I don't get along. It's a long story. Uh, you mean the French and anyone? That's also true. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get along with French? We don't need to get into this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Story for another day. Or <laughs> <Yeah>, never. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so do you guys... Uh, have any projects that you're working on? Any like, and it doesn't have to be poetry. It can be literary. It can be Brennan. You were talking about you're writing some scripts. Yeah, I'll yeah. let Brennan go first before <laughs> I pull out my power strip of a plug here. <laughs> I've okay. got two. I've got <laughs> nice. I've got two main projects right now. One of them is a uh, it's a teen drama called Six in a Chamber, and um, it's super fun. I'm writing it with Dr. Jenkins. It's uh, so you know Star Trek. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing, but they're all teenagers. Have you ever seen the movie Passengers? Um, yes. yes. It's the same yes. concept, um, basically. So there's six Chris teenagers Brent. whose suspended animations fails, and, all, and they, the six of them wake up. Uh-huh. And then they've got, they're basically marooned. All the adults are out. They're still right. sleeping. And they've got to, like, they've got to solve problems and work together to not crash the ship to get to the planet. And it's super fun, so it's it's a good time. When is that coming out? <laughs> no, it's so fun. <laughs> Which network is it coming yeah, do you out have, on? Like a WordPress or something? <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just cranking. It's so fun. There's I, the characters are so lovable. There's Meg, who's like this dry humor emo teen. Oh my goodness! Like someone's like, and there's uh, there's Breton, who's this like large. Um, this large black man. He's the smartest one. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he falls in love with the. They download the. Sorry. Meg is an engineer, <laughs> so she builds a robot and they download the AI into it. His name is Chris, and Breton uh-huh. and love uh, Breton and Chris fall in love. It's adorable. Oh my gosh. Um wow. it's hysterical. It's amazing. Um <laughs> the, there's a guy named Jimmy who's just the worst. He, of all course his name is Jimmy. <laughs> sucks. There's gotta be, named him Joey. So. There's gotta be a worse character. Like everyone. Yeah. He, so basically what makes them all wake up is Jimmy's this rebellious teen and he's mm. always making jokes. And there's Sarah who's Miss Perfect, and Sarah's like she her whole main line of attention is Claire is the leader and Sarah hates being vice president. She wants to be leader. Right. She thinks she deserves it. She was valedictorian, all that kind of stuff. Oh, and man. finally, she decides to go through her rebellious side, and she agrees to wake up with Jimmy, and they can romp around and you know have fun on the ship together. <laughs> and then they they make out. <laughs> they get to making out on the control panel, which wakes up the That's other. That's a four great teams. idea. <laughs> so they all wake up, and will probably get be spent thirty years in space, all oh because Jimmy decided to convince Sarah. So they all hate these two, and Jimmy's like, "What?" Whatever, I'm used to being hated, but he's funny. And then he's like, "What could be better?" And Meg's like, "I don't know, body shots off your corpse." Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's like, ah, Meg wow. Savage. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. And Breton's like, "I think we should all get get along." And Sarah's 
up like a dick, dude. It's like it's just <laughs> it just goes back and forth, and they all and they all learn to love each other despite how much they hate each other yeah. going into it. And Group of misfits who yeah. hate each other. Yeah, and then they all learn to get together, and there's like it's kind of like a it's like a a play on facing your fears as a teenager mm-hmm. like whenever you get to be 17 and 50 percent of males turn into assholes um <laughs> 52 like 50 probably like 58 um you get there's like a, a radiation <laughs> sarah just <laughs> you know hannah mullen just now 60 or 70 i came up um, <laughs> hey, okay come on but there's like a radiation that uh, mutates testosterone cells so all the guys become literal monsters so then, oh my like, gosh meg sarah and um Claire, I yeah. know, the main character, <laughs> all band together to like defeat the zombie guys, and then there's there's ne- there's like it's that kind of thing. Like okay, they, cool. they they think the reason why Meg is so emotionless is because she's a robot. So then they like they mm. c- convinced she's a robot. So they look in her locker and there's like wires, but it's because she's an engineer. And they like yeah. spend the entire episode trying to investigate things. She's a robot. It's adorable. So is it kind of procedural then? It's pretty procedural. Like it's yeah. the Star Trek like, classic formula. adventure. Yeah. Like something pops up every episode. Yep, exactly. Nice. Star Trek formula is pretty procedural. It will be re- le- like a more serialized than that. Than pre- dang it! Now I just want to watch it. Yeah. Like, where yeah, is it? Hulu, Netflix. Really like, where a, can it, I sign it's on? It's very much a Hulu show. <laughs> and, but Netflix has recently adopted a lot of teen drama, so that's, we'll see. Yeah, that's true. So maybe maybe it, it depends on where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I look forward to watching it in the future. Thank you. We'll hope it, we'll hope it gets there. <laughs> All right, Brett, what are you working on? So I am currently also working on a podcast. Elise was on episode one. I Brennan was. was in episode two. <laughs> <laughs> and the it's t- like a yeah, round table. Brennan, do you have a podcast that we can yeah, both yeah. come on? Next, uh, <laughs> next week. Brennan, you need to start a podcast. <laughs> come see Brennan's. It's a one-off. It'll be we can a live scene. table read of your script. Oh, oh my oh, goodness, that would be fun. That it would will, be a lot. Of fun. I, I would be down. A, I wouldn't have Jimmy. that for another month. I've you got four, and plus we'd need. If Hannah Mullen jumped in on this, we'd have to have two other people anyway. Yeah, you um, should talk to Alex Isaac. I was, she's, yeah, I was going to say, hey, like leave a... my co-host out of this. <laughs> you should talk to <laughs> Alex Isaac, my co-host. Right. Oh my gosh, on my podcast. So one of you guys would have to be. The main character, Claire. One of you guys would be Miss Perfect. The other one have to be the angsty teen. Uh, you can be Jimmy. Jimmy. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'd be the the like the edgy whatever, like just like athlete who's kind of an antagonist, or uh-huh. the other man uh, main character, which is Breton. Um, be one of those. But yeah, we need three cool. guys, two girls. <laughs> yeah, I think this needs to be a thing. <laughs> right. Okay, we'll do it. <laughs> Brett. Right. So also on SoundCloud, um, uh, it's Roundtable Media, mm-hmm. all one word, capital R. And it's the Echo Podcast. There's an owl on the picture. There is. And it's the Echo Podcast. And why is it an echo? Because you've heard it all before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 well, because it's a pop culture podcast. And like all anyone ever talks about is pop culture, but that doesn't mean we still can't. Right. And we're bringing yeah. like our own like fun perspectives to it. And we have, it's it's a very fun cast. We, we, we dick around quite a bit. Uh, we had Brennan watch the, uh, the, uh, the Lion King clip of where Simba and Nala fall in love just because I wanted him to see the, the eyes that Nala gives Simba. And I'll never get... like He made the most like my childhood is ruined face. What? And it was great. It's, it's, it's a I, good scene. Okay, there is something that I'm forgetting then because I don't... Okay. It's a really fun look. Okay. I guess I guess I know what clip we're showing you after the show. But currently... I just go listen to the podcast. You could. But currently we're in season one, mm-hmm. uh, two episodes out. Episode three should be coming out next weekend. Cool, cool I don't cool. know who the guest is going to be yet, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, the whole like first pilot season is mm-hmm. going to be either four or five episodes. And awesome. And depending on how it does, I might 
continue. But uh, awesome. Well, yeah, we'll have, we'll look forward to that. Um, okay. Well, this has been bad poetry. Uh, I would like to thank Brennan and Brett again for coming on so much. I had so much fun. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> this has been a lot of fun and I'm really glad you guys got to come on and especially together. Um, and, uh, I would also like to thank, uh, TUTV Media Labs for allowing us to use their studio. Uh, this is amazing because I would not be able to afford any of this equipment on my own. Um, I roll. <laughs> and uh, and you, the listeners, uh, to whoever is out there, thank you so much uh, for listening to us talk about poetry, um, taking time out of your day for that. Some other events that you might check out coming up, there's a Muse Poetry Night with Deborah Gist at Magic City Books. That's February 24th at 6 p.m. That's a free event. There's another event at Tyrrell Hall, February 28th at 7 p.m. That's also free. It's called Reenactments, A Night of Poetry with Hang Dang Fan. And then March 9th through 10th, there's a poetry workshop, Breakbeat Poets, at the Center for Poets and Writers at OSU Tulsa. Then there's a reading from uh, TU student Bryant Loney's new novel, Seabreeze Academy. It's going to be read in concert with an opening act by Alex Isaac, the director of TUTV, and uh, who we've mentioned on this episode. That's going to be in Tyrrell Hall, and that'll be February 26th at 7 p.m. That's also a free event. And then finally, there's the Tulsa Lit Fest of 2019. This is one that I'm really excited about coming up in April. Uh, it's April 10th through 14th, and those are free events, and it's just a celebration of uh, literature and Tulsa and um, so I hope you guys can come out to one or all of these events and that you will join us next time on Bad Poetry. And now-